Multivitamins are recommended by many physicians, including naturopathic doctors. But if you have a mental illness, this actually may be detrimental to your own health. The problem is, is that there are many conflicting nutrients within a multivitamin that either don't absorb properly or are the exact opposite of what you might need for your condition. If you have anxiety, depression, a learning issue, a behavioral issue, or even schizophrenia, your problem might be able to be solved through a nutrient therapy. But a multivitamin is too much of a shotgun approach to this. On today's podcast of Ask Dr. Gill, I want to talk about some of the conflicts within a multivitamin and why a multivitamin approach isn't the right one for most people. So stay tuned. Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman. And today on the program, I want to talk about multivitamins and some of the conflicts between nutrients within a multivitamin. And I think this is an important topic because oftentimes we're given the advice of using a multivitamin. And unfortunately, I think that this could be the wrong approach. And, you know, before I go on, I would say the caveat is is first talk to your physician about this because there may be a valid reason for taking a multivitamin. But if you have a mental illness, and, and I'm using that term very broadly, so mental illness includes anxiety, depression, attention deficit disorder, schizophrenia, it could be autism, obviously, you know, if your kids have behavioral issues or if they have any of these they have learning issues, if you have a learning issue, though that's what I'm broadly categorizing as mental illness. And uh, the latest statistics, by the way, in the United States are at l- over 40% of Americans at one point in their life have had mental illness. So that's a large group of people. And a great number of them are taking a multivitamin. And what we now know from research, for example, from from Dr. Walsh, and I've talked about this on the program many times, is that nutrient therapy can help alleviate the symptoms, if not fully cure. We don't like using that term, cure, because it has particular connotation, you know, in terms of what that looks like. And, but we see, you know, the majority of the people that go through this program uh, will find vast, vast improvement. So uh, the numbers, by the way, on that are between 75 and 85 percent, which is really astounding. I mean, there isn't a pharmaceutical out there or any other treatment that I know of that will basically alleviate mental illness that well. And the other, you know, 15 to 25 percent have other approaches that can help that, that some of which I do. And, and there are some people, you know, I don't have 100%, but I'm, I'm, of course, trying to get there. But 
you know, it's pretty amazing that you can get that much of an improvement using just vitamins. But a multivitamin isn't going to do it. And the reason is, is that there's too many things within the multivitamin, and many of those things work against each other. And so that's what I want to cover today, is how we uh, take nutrients, and we need to be very targeted about what nutrients we use and how those nutrients will be absorbed into the body, as well as the dosage of those nutrients. So let's get started on this. And, you know, first I want to go through kind of a multi, what's in a multivitamin, what I mean by that. So typically a multivitamin has the vitamins, A, you know, the various Bs, C, D, sometimes E, uh, uh, sometimes K, and uh, some other other vitamins as well within there. And, you know, the bees themselves can work at cross-purposes. Now, I've talked a lot in this program, and I'll mention this briefly again today for those of you who haven't listened to my program. But if you, have, uh, if you haven't listened to my program, go back through some of the other podcasts because I talk in more detail about methylation and histamine. And a lot of people have issues because of this. And methylation is kind of a messenger system in the body. Um, it, it, it actually, I mean, I could go into the details. I, I haven't in the podcast, but basically it, it will uh, sit on top. It, it attaches to proteins that wind the DNA. And methyl will sort of make that attachment be stronger so that the gene can't turn on. And so if you have too much methyl, there isn't enough space for the, for the DNA to turn on. And if you have too little, there's too much space and there's no way to turn it off. And so and it, it is a, uh, it, it depends on the gene as to whether, you know, it's a problem or not. And, and so this is why we get different sort of reactions. This is why someone who's undermethylated might show up with depression versus schizophrenia is that the methyl tends to conglomerate at particular locations. So, or, or, you know, or doesn't conglomerate at particular locations. And that's depending on family history and so forth. And we don't really understand that. I mean, that's the piece that we don't get. But if you're undermethylated, you don't want to be taking folate because that's actually going to make the problem worse, even methylfolate. And if you're overmethylated, you want to be taking folate, but you don't want to be taking B12 or, or something called L-methionine or SAME because that's going to make it worse. So that, that's where this can be uh, very difficult if you're taking a multivitamin. And then, you know, the other, the other one that that's important is niacinamide or niacin, which is in a lot of uh, multivitamins. And some people do really well with, with niacinamide. Other people, unfortunately, uh, don't do well with niacinamide. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that and why you know niacin is an important aspect for some people. And you know the other piece to this is that 
Some of the vitamins, like A and D, though both fat-soluble, compete against one another. And so you don't want to necessarily be taking them in the same vitamin. On, on the other end of the spectrum is the minerals, and some of the minerals uh, shouldn't really be in the same vitamin at the same time. I don't know why they do formulas like this, but for example, calcium and zinc will compete against one another. And most people, regardless of what they have, really do need zinc. Uh, I definitely recommend getting tested so you know kind of how much to give, but the last study I saw, which, which was a, is a few years old, showed that 93% of Americans were zinc deficient, which is, a, a, you know, almost everybody. So that can be a problem. And, you know, knowing how deficient you are is important, but also knowing your copper load is important. And a lot of multivitamins have copper and zinc in them, which for people who have the appropriate levels of both probably makes sense, but we get so much more copper in our food today than we used to, and so little zinc, and they will compete against each other as well as help each other absorb. And it's kind of a, a weird push-pull relationship between the two of them. So that's kind of my, my spiel about the multivitamin. And I'm going to take a break right now and when we come back, I'm going to go into more details about some of the nutrients and why you know, it's important to have these nutrients and to be targeted about them. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman. And before I continue, I just want to remind my listeners that if you have a question or if you have a topic you want to hear covered on the program, feel free to send an email to info at askdrgill.com. That's I-N-F-O at A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. And we'll be happy to either you know, get back to you or bring it up on the air. And I'm sort of collecting questions that are uh, similar enough, but also, uh, you know, not big enough for its own topic to kind of have a, like a grab bag show at some point. And, and, and that may be where I answer some of the questions. So just wanted to let you know about that. Okay. So we've been talking about multivitamins and and some of the nutrients that conflict with one another. And I've talked a lot about the folate issue in, in the program and various podcasts. And I did cover the copper and zinc briefly. And I want to cover that in a little more detail today because those two do work against each other. And it's really interesting when you kind of look at the biochemistry of copper and zinc and how... Uh, taking zinc actually will suppress various aspects that are done in in terms of copper. 
in one of them, and I, and I think I mentioned this in a podcast uh, like early on in a very early podcast that I did, is that copper will drive epinephrine production in the body, which is uh, an, uh, an adrenaline, basically. And so people who have high copper can have spikes of uh, hyperactivity or explosive anger or, you know, an inability to, to uh, have a grasp of reality because there's so much adrenaline happening. And that's kind of what we see. We see, you know, layers of either uh, ADD or anxiety uh, or, or, or depression um, and, and of course, schizophrenia as a result of either low copper, or high, uh, I'm sorry, low zinc or high copper. But there's another aspect to this uh, sort of competition, which happens in the gut. So zinc, when you take it uh, orally, has a, the ability to suppress the movement of copper from a bound state to a free state. And also suppresses the movement of copper in, back into the bloodstream. And so zinc can be very helpful in keeping this, this free copper explosion from happening. So if you take them together, it, there's evidence that says, yeah, taking them together makes them both more readily absorbable. But there's also evidence that suggests that if you just take zinc, that that will help uh, balance out the copper levels in, in the system. And so the other piece is, is that taking more uh, zinc can also help the body eliminate copper from the system, which is part of the reason that they're, they're recommended to be taken together is, is that that's less likely to happen as a result. Uh, uh, if you take them together, then they don't get pushed out of the system as, as much as if they if you take them separately. And that's why we actually give a, a fairly high dose of zinc in most cases because we're using it by itself. Now the other aspect of zinc and copper that we like to do is, is we also want to include uh, in certain cases uh, molybdenum, which is another metal that we need in very small amounts to help chelate out the copper. And so this is one that directly takes the copper and binds it and causes the body to flush it out of the system. Now, that's great if that's what you're trying to do, but if you're not, and you're not high copper, and maybe you're low copper, then having that in a vitamin is a bad idea uh, unless, you know, at higher, at higher doses. You obviously want a little, and you need a little in your system. So this is an, another argument against a multivitamin slash multimineral. The other aspect of that is that sometimes in kids, the adding the molybdenum at a higher dose can actually affect growth. And so that's another aspect. And it, by the way, this makes it really challenging to treat if a kid comes in and with high copper. And I see a fair number of these cases where they'll come in and they'll be fairly high copper. Um, and it's like, okay, what do you do to help bring that in, you know, in line other than just giving zinc? So because the molybdenum is typically what we want to do because that's going to cause the copper to leave uh, the body. 
And the other thing that I'd like to highlight about the multivitamin aspect is, is that, you know, oftentimes we don't really know what level of copper and zinc, and for that matter, just about anything in our body is, um, without testing, obviously. But typically copper and zinc are not tested in, uh, you know, by mainstream doctors. And as a result, having a multivitamin that is that has nutrients in it that are competing against one another as well as high, a higher level of something that might be chelating out some of your copper is probably a bad idea. And I have a number of patients who have come in with low zinc and you know their issues are because their zinc is low, but their copper is also low. And it could be an absorption issue. I mean, there's a number of things, there's different things that could be going on. So the idea behind the thought process is the multivitamin will help because you're not getting the nutrients, but there's something else that it, it's kind of like putting a piece of masking tape over your check engine light on your car. It, you really need to deal with the underlying problem, and that's where getting good professional help will be you know, critical and crucial for this. So, so let me give um, uh, one more example of something in terms of a multivitamin before we go. And and that has to do with niacin and niacinamide, which I am a fan of taking in many, many cases. Um, not every case, but many cases, it can be very uh, beneficial. Um, so I normally don't talk about neurotransmitters uh, on the show, but I will a little bit today just because uh, it, it applies. So uh, niacin is great is a great uh, agent to decrease dopamine neurotransmission, and dopamine is one of the the uh, uh, neurotransmitters that that we would call sort of calming and and bringing the the number down. Well, you know, a, a high dose of niacin can be really really helpful in certain cases. Um, uh, for example, uh, people with uh, folate deficiency tend to have very high levels of dopamine in their system. And bringing in the, the folate will help, help that, but also having niacin involved in that can be really, really helpful. On the other hand, someone who's undermethylated is actually, typically they have a decreased activity of dopamine. And so the niacin is going to interfere with that. And, and so this is another case where, you know, adding something that is good for people can be really, really detrimental to their system. And um, I think that the, the other aspect, by the way, about niacin is that it can cause flushing. And I've had people who are folate deficient, you know, who are overmethylated, who flush with a uh, certain forms of niacin, but not others. And I have no idea why. Flushing is basically where you'll get this um, experience of, of getting hot all of a sudden, and you might actually turn red. And some people uh, start sweating. And uh, a couple of patients that I've had actually had trouble breathing and didn't know what was going on, and then they kind of figured it out. And this is the aspect of, of you know, taking vitamins that can be tricky. And, you know, I should say that most multivitamins have very little of everything in them and that you probably won't 
experience uh, this. But it, you know, more importantly, I think it's it's understanding that that niacin, uh, you know, typically if you have a good diet, you're going to be getting most of what you need as far as survival. And in terms of mental health, though, you want to make sure that you're uh, bumping these numbers up appropriately relative to how you uh, tested in your your lab studies. And so by doing that, that's where we get really successful and targeted treatment. So, so that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Uh, if you have questions, like I said, send an email. Again, that's info at askdrgill.com. And if you have a topic you want me to cover, please uh, send it to the same email. I'm happy to to look at it and see if it's appropriate for the program. Uh, the other thing is, is that if you like the program, please uh, leave a review on iTunes. And uh, if you want to send comments about it and any suggestions, I'm, I'm always open to that. But the, the reviews would be great. A good reviews, if you like it, would be amazing. And uh, oh, anyway, that's all I have this week. I will catch you guys next week. Take care. <laughs>